copycats, idea thieves, intellectual property theft. This is all part of the day-to-day -day business when it comes to online marketing. However ethical you are, along the way, someone is likely to try and steal some of your ideas. So today I'm gonna to be talking to Miles Beckler. Now he is a very famous marketer who almost needs no introduction. And he has been embarking on a 12 month case study, going into a brand new niche, demonstrating his ability to create a site there with minimal effort on his part by outsourcing most of the work. And along the way, he's encountered some copycats. And I wanted to, first of all, find out how the site's going, what he's been doing, how he's been able to achieve this growth without working too much on itself. So by outsourcing a lot of the content and the link building and whatnot, but also to find out how he's reacting to people who are essentially trying to copy his idea and copy his site and how this is impacting how much he's gonna share both on his YouTube channel and on his website in future. And we also evolved this into a bigger discussion really about as an internet marketer, how much should you share with other people? What are the benefits of sharing? How, what are the benefits of keeping your cards close to, the, close to your chest? When should you do each? So hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, Mark here from Authority Hacker. And today I'm pleased to welcome back for the third time, a marketer who needs no introduction. Miles Beckler is one of the few marketers who I follow regularly and his goal is to be the most helpful marketer in the world. Him and his wife, Melanie, run a huge authority site in the spirituality space, and he also has a marketing blog over at milesbeckler.com, as well as a fantastic YouTube channel, Miles Beckler, with over 125,000 subscribers now. Miles, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be on. We always have some great conversations, so I'm excited to, to share with your audience, and uh, let's see where this goes. Every time you come back, that YouTube subscriber count is a lot higher. Congrats, man. You're, you're crushing it over there. Thanks. And, you know, the truth of the matter is this world we play in, like consistency over time is is the thing, right? And so many people jump from this to that and they want the shortcut and how do I get And it's like, dude, three years of just grinding it out and really like learning all of the little micro muscles. That's really the key. So, um, yeah, I'm still publishing and it's still growing almost at 600 videos published on the channel now. Wow. And that gives us a nice segue to say that anyone who's listening to this audio podcast, you can also watch it. So Miles and I are filming this. So if you go over to the Authority Hacker YouTube channel, you can see the video version of that. And go ahead, subscribe, check us out there. And also check out Miles' cha Miles's channel, Miles Beckler. As I said, really, really great channel. 600, you said, videos. 600 videos. And the premise of the channel Crazy. started 2016. I was kind of frustrated with some what I call fake gurus, people who I knew for a fact, didn't know as much as I did. I started making money online in 2003. So I had all this experience and, and what was being taught was like old outdated methods. And I was like, man, and they're charging like $2,000 a quarter. And I was like, there were some unscrupulous people. There's a time and a place for properly priced coaching and training that's going to be continually updated. But there's people who uh, try to hack the system and, and they're selling rubbish, essentially. So the channel was like, screw it. I'm just going to brain dump everything I know about digital marketing. And it took about nine months. I did a video every day for four months straight. I only had 450 subscribers after doing literally 120 videos in 120 days. And most people get to that point and they're like, man, this stuff doesn't work. And 
luckily I had known because we started my wife's site in 09 that that the exponential growth curve, right? Like it just takes time for the power of compounding to really take over. And at, at about month nine, I crossed like the 10,000 subscribers and then it just started boom, boom. And the cash flow started stacking up. And um, now it's kind of taken on a life of its own. I didn't expect it to become a business, but now it it, it is and it deserves to be treated as such. So uh, we're busier than ever, but, but it's a lot of fun when you get in that groove. Yeah, and it's uh, it's now I think one of the largest or certainly one of the larger online marketing YouTube channels out there uh, as well. So, you know, you've That's done a good crazy. job there. Thanks, mate. That's crazy to think about. For anyone who hasn't listened to the previous episodes where you came on the Authority Hacker podcast and you guys absolutely should go and check those out now. They're really good episodes. Can you just give a quick introduction to our, our newer listeners, who you are uh, and, and kind of a background of your, your story as to how you got to where you are today? Totally. So if I was to sum it up, like the authority site kind of owner, uh, maybe even a portfolio of authority sites is is where we're at. I wear the CEO hat most of the day at this point. So I'm, I'm a little bit above. I've got a team of 20-something people doing the work, but it all came from nothing. It all came from bootstrapping it and figuring out how to do it on our own. Started making money online in 2003 on MySpace. I was direct linking people from MySpace over to affiliate offers. And it was working until MySpace got sold and they turned off all of my links. Algorithms change and I should have built an email list. Those were the two really big things I learned because had I had an email list, I could have kept making money, but instead my income went to absolute zero. Uh, Fast forward a few years, tried a bunch of different get rich quick MLMs, real estate investing. I was all over the freaking map trying to figure out I'm psychologically unemployable. So like, how do I make money was the big question. My wife and I met after college and neither of us were really loving our life at that point in time. And we met at real estate school and And it turns out we were both meditating a lot. And for me, meditation was the only thing that felt good. I lost $60,000 on a real estate investment deal that went upside down. I had racked up $50,000 in student loan debt. The real estate was supposed to pay for the student loan debt. And the global financial crisis just pulled the rug out from under me. And meditating felt good. I just felt okay. Like I felt like the world was going to be okay when I meditated. Turns out my wife was doing the same thing. So we were like, hey, I was like, you know, Melanie, I know how to get things on Google. I know how to optimize things I can do, but I'm not creating the content. So if you create the content, I'll optimize it and publish it. And that happened in 2009. Uh, Today, that site's been visited by something to the tune of 36, 40 million people. We get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uniques every single month. We've sold tens upon tens of thousands of, of meditations. And as I said earlier, it, on that path in 2016, so so I went full-time online in 2010, and it took me six years of in the trenches, in the dirts, day-to-day, doing the work every day before I ever started teaching. And now we've got both of those. And then last year, I started kind of an affiliate case study because one of the questions that keeps coming up from uh, my audience and a lot of people online is like, look, Miles, you know, you're an expert, right? You bring a level of expertise. You've been in the game for a very long time. And we have audience members who are, you know, they've been a chiropractor for 20 years. They've been a hypnotherapist for 15 years. They have expertise and that's great, but there's a segment that doesn't have expertise or they at least don't feel like they do. And I'm a personal brand. I was willing to get out on camera and it was like, can I build a site where I'm not the face of it? I'm not the personal brand of it. It's not about me. And it's about a thing that I really don't know all that much about. I know what they are. I get it, but I'm I'm absolutely not an expert. So we started that case study about nine months ago to really like, can, can, anyone do it, right? Can 
anyone do it. And nine months in, again, the, the growth curve on the impressions from Google Search Console are starting to explode. The traffic is just more than doubling. The revenue from our Amazon affiliate is just growing gigantically right now. Yet again, started kind of trying to just prove and help my audience see that anyone could do it with enough hard work. We're 80 blog posts in for those who like the data points, 80 epically written, like expert researched, highest quality posts we possibly can. These are expensive posts. It's working. Can you tell us specifically what you did? So uh, like, I mean, you mentioned you did 80 posts. Like how did yep. you do the research? Right. Uh, how did you get the site off? Who did you hire? What did they do? Yep. Uh, what was what did you execute? Well, step one was I followed the authority hacker method, and and that's not like a joke. That's not a shameless plug. Literally, my team and I are using the Authority Hacker Pro very consistently. Like that is kind of our roadmap. So we had a, a plan of action, and the theory was like a. So I didn't want to build, I didn't want to choose a niche. Like choosing a niche, and if you're listening to this and you're still like, I don't know what niche to choose, like that's a kind of a difficult thing. So I actually just went out and bought a pre-made affiliate site. It was like $1,500 and it was okay. But what it allowed me to do was to look at a page that was like, here's the 14 sites we have. And I was like, uh, yeah, that one, cool. I was in the back of an Uber going to a speaking gig teaching Facebook ads in, in LA when I bought it. And my theory here is, okay, so I'm super busy, right? My wife's business is still cranking. It is super, super lucrative. Um, the Miles Beckler brand is still going. I'm still pouring a ton of energy in here. So for me personally, the idea was, can I actually build this thing with just throwing money at it, right? I, I'm cash flow positive. My business is doing very well. Can I somehow reinvest the monies that we're earning in these other branded niche sites, personal brand sites, into something that doesn't really require much of my time um, because I just don't have any time? Now, so as we move forward, there's going to be this, this idea of Miles is spending lots of money and, and the audience, you might think, well, I don't have all that money to spend. Great. Neither did I when I started. My wife and I started with no knowledge and $95.40 for domain and web hosting. And we built our first brand that has reached 40 million people or so, uh, if you could include social, easily 100 million people or so through brute force effort. So you can do that and then you get to a point where your cash flow can kind of go over that. So step one, I bought a site. I just literally chose something. I bought it three weeks later, it came in. Step two was- Was there any criteria to what you chose or was it just like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting? <laughs> Affinity is the word I would use. Something I know about, something I've been hands-on with, something I know a bit about, right? Like not totally in the world, like guns. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a gun person. I don't shoot. I wouldn't go into the gun niche. There's there's nuances within it. So I knew enough about the space to know that I didn't know what all the nuances are, but I kind of understood how to figure all of that out. So then we started. And then I knew content's the game, right? My goal instantly was 12 great posts per month. So I started first by trying to go through these. I made a lot of mistakes and you're gonna learn what these mistakes were so you can avoid the mistakes. I tried to go with kind of a full service. We'll take care of all your content, top to bottom. We'll do the research, we'll do everything. And I was like, wow, that sounds like an easy button. And you pay a lot for those types of, of services. And they sucked. They were clearly just written by people who didn't get it and didn't understand it. So I spent a couple of months doing that, slowed me down. And then I actually had to hire an editor to go fix. I mean, they were putting things in these review posts that weren't even under it. So like, let's say it was like a golf club uh, thing. Like that, the site was about golf clubs and they put like a bowling ball bag in there. I was like, what the, <laughs> like that's not, it literally wasn't even in the same realm. So then we had to spend some time fixing it. Uh, I'm a keyword Did, did research you give them specific instructions or was it like, here's the keywords Go go write us some articles. Yeah, so the brief idea, we weren't necessarily giving them the best briefs. We weren't 
at one point we were doing all the research ourselves on all the products we wanted them to review, but they even said, hey, we can do the, the research for you. It'll be this much more and we'll research the best products for you. And that was a, a slow process of like, what is the best, right? So we kind of like went for it on there, like we'll take perfect care of you, white glove, and they just flopped. And it was like, oh goodness. So at about month two, I realized I needed to build out the team. I have to own this. I have to bring it in house. I can't, there's no like done for you service that's going to take care of it. That would have been the easy button for me, but the reality of the situation was the content wasn't world-class. It's so important for everybody to think about Google, right? Like what is Google's goal in this world? Google wants the searcher to find the best. Like they really do. And sure, can you hack the system and do backlinks matter? And can we, can we boost rankings? And does your click-through rate on your title increase you? Yes. But ultimately Google is always going to be trying to figure out, is this the best post on that topic. And if it's not, Google's always going to be trying to eliminate the ones that are scheming their way to the top and replace them with the ones that give the user the best user experience. Because if that user has a great user experience on Google, they come back to Google and Google remains the be all end all. So average content does not work. And that's what we were putting out in the beginning. It was average at best. And that was, I knew we had to fix that. So I, I remember as well, like back in our agency days when, when Gail and I were working with clients, it was like the absolute worst thing in the world. doesn't matter how good of a marketer you are, if you have a client come to you with a shitty blog, shitty website, terrible written content, and they're like, yeah, go go make this rank, go go make my, uh, go do SEO on my, my blog. It's like, well, you're not really giving us much to work with here. Yeah. So I always say it's the number one differentiator of your site in terms of how much you can do marketing-wise is going to be the quality level of the content. That's why it's so important to get it right at the start. And in the beginning, you mentioned like my goal is to be the most helpful marketer in the world, which has kind of backfired and we'll get there. My wife in her space, she's just, you know, thousand plus blog posts at this point in time, focused on being the most helpful person in her space. So in this niche site, that philosophy remains. We want to be the absolute foremost, best of the best of the best, most helpful resource in the space. Not number two, not number seven, not number 10, because guess where they rank? Not in the number one spot. So we, um, I do a lot of keyword research. I've been a keyword research geek for years and years. I got like seven videos on my channel about keyword research. I think it's one of the fundamental skills that search-based marketers must understand and keyword research, keyword intent, and all those bits and pieces. So all while this whole train wreck of content is happening in the first couple of months, we're just building these keyword lists of the low-hanging fruit, the high mid to high search volume, everything from 250 searches a month up to 5,000 searches a month, but had really low difficulty. I was looking on KW Finder for the, the difficulty scores in the 15 to 20 22 range. And we found a big list of them. And at that point, we hired two specific people. So number one, I went on Upwork and I was like, okay, who's going to university? Who's going to school learning about this world that my thing is a part of? And I found someone and they're like $12 an hour. They're not in this country. And for them, they get to go virtual shopping like every day, right? So it's the best, and let's just say kitchen knives, for example, right? So the best kitchen knife for slicing a tomato or tomato, if we will, then they get to go literally geek out and they just do the research. And they're they're a culinary student, if you will. And they're, they're a culinary yep. master's student. So that 
person is now building our lists of the absolute actual best of the best of the best. And then we found some great writers on ProBlogger, the ProBlogger job board. We tested iWriter, we tested a bunch of the content mills, if you will. And ultimately, I know a guy who has a really good training on this, but ultimately we we followed the, the system and we found some really good writers there. So about month three and a half, we had overcome the challenges of the wrong type of content, the rubbish content, and we started putting out really, really, really good content at this point in time. And that's when the numbers have started to go up. Uh, we made our first monies. It was a $1.50 month. That was in month number six. And the compounding growth of, it went from like $1.50 one month, $4.50 the next month. Doesn't sound like much, but that's a 3x increase. Look at a chart of compounding growth. That's massive. And then it went to 80. And, and like right now we're sitting at something like, I think it went from 80 to, to 160. Now we're at like 550 on the month and it's only the 10th day or 13th day of the month. Nice, so we're in, nice. we're in that exponential growth curve and it took us about nine, 10 months to really get there. And again, I've done this before. This is not my first rodeo. It's not my second rodeo. So I understand the game and we still made a ton of mistakes. I think if I was, if I was, when I do it again, because the goal is to build a portfolio. So the whole time we're doing this, I'm building systems because I want to be able to crank another website through this process. And I want to condense the curve and I want to get down. And I really think I could start to get to these kinds of revenue numbers, 500 bucks a month within about five to six months. But realistically, it just takes time. And then we we've finally turned on the backlink building machine properly at this point in time. And we're, we've gotten, I would say, three really high quality backlinks at this point. And boy, it's amazing what that does through just, the outreach. Just three. Three. And it went... And, you, and you're making almost $1,000 a month. Uh, I, I'm on pace to, to actually crest to get over $1,000 a month. That's awesome, this month. dude. Um, yeah. yeah, and we'll see. The world's uh, locked up with fear right now, so we'll see what, what all happens. But the long-term game, we're just pouring uh, as much energy and money and time into this as we can because ultimately, more people are going to be at home searching for things. Less people are going to go out and get hands-on with things if, if big box stores are feeling weird. And and ultimately, like what's going on in the world could potentially become uh, even more beneficial for digital business owners. What are some of the things you're doing as you went through this or as you go through this case study uh, with at the back of the at the back of your mind when you have the this idea like hey I'm gonna repeat this process I'm gonna do I'm gonna put multiple sites through this in future are you like creating processes documenting yeah. systems like tell us a little bit about that side of it of things hundred percent I think you're a great example of this and in, in when we teach things we often learn them at a deeper level, okay? So that's one of the biggest benefits of me on my YouTube channel is when I'm teaching keyword research, when I'm teaching Facebook ads, like I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning it better because I've been able to operate mildly sloppily, right? It works good enough for me. I don't really need to know why it where it's working. The numbers are good. But then I'm like teaching it. I'm like, man, that, that's just a mess. Like how do I actually turn this into a system? And the idea of a system to me, I we've always looked at it. So I've kind of got a project manager on this. And we've looked at it in a sense of consistently thinking about it as a factory floor. And it's literally like, like, Henry Ford and raw materials come in one side. So those are ideas, ideas of posts. And then it goes station by station by station by station. So we're analyzing what are the different stations and how do each of these stations work? Where do we get backups, right? Like um, where are the the 
theory of constraints. Where are our constraints within this system? And then how do we like reorganize the stations, et cetera, et cetera. So the idea, we brainstorm, and then it goes into keyword research, and then it goes into what's the product research, then it goes into actual content production, then it goes over to an editor, then it goes over to a layout person, and that's kind of our blog post out on the other side. Within each of those, there's sub-processes, hiring, how do we get the right people, who's the right person for them, and um, most of that is repeatable. So our job listings that we're using, we can kind of easily tweak them for another market and, and move forward. And Are you using any kind of technology here, Asana, or, or these kinds of tools to, to manage the workflow? We try to use Asana. We're trying to figure it out. My project manager uses something called River, but he's actually migrating over to Asana right now because the subtask feature in Asana is actually super helpful. Uh, and very few have that. And the calendar task, like the calendar view in Asana is super helpful. So I think in a perfect world, yes, we are. But so I threw my hat over the fence on this one. And I just kind of announced like, hey, I'm doing an affiliate site. And in one year, it's gonna be making three grand a month. And then like, after I put that on YouTube, I was like, that's a really big goal, man. Like that could take two, three years to get to that. And it was like, so in one sense, I have been a little less focused on the systems and a lot more focused on go, 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 go. Like, let's see what we can do. Make it fast. We're, we're going to, we're going to screw things up. We're going to mess things up. And we surely have. And that's, knowing- that's on true. That's entrepreneurship. So I, I yeah. sometimes feel, uh, and I don't know, I, I know for, for a fact, I'm guilty of this. I sometimes feel that people spend too much time documenting and organizing and making systems when they're not making any money. They don't have any kind of validated business idea or anything. And sometimes it's just that kind of raw grit and hustle that, gets you kind of to that first like four figures a month level and then you can start kind of organizing stuff from there. You don't have to have like a perfectly organized system to get there. And you're probably not going to imagine or mentally, logically come up with the best system before doing it, right? Like we can get a good idea of where to start. And I knew where to start, like get a domain, find keywords, publish lots of content. Okay, go. Now, in the process of iterating that and creating 30 posts and 60 posts and now 80 posts, we've learned a lot of the minutia, the things that were in the quadrant of what we didn't know we didn't know, because you don't really know until you get in there. And I think, Mark, even for your listeners who are kind of in the seven-figure business range and, and or, or, you know, they're making $700,000 a year and they're trying to get, like a lot of bigger businesses are using, market, they're, they're infatuated with marketing automation and they're automating things that don't need to be automated and that don't actually help. And they're spending all this time and money on automations and infusions up and up. My wife and I in our main business that does seven figures a year, like it is like the follow-up sequence is still like a freaking straight line. And then they go to a broadcast list. There's not all this, like we have a little bit of card abandonment, but like there's just, just brute force. Keep doing the work, keep showing up, keep giving value, keep helping your audience, put your audience first, grow your audience, help your audience, grow your audience, help your audience. If you're not making enough money, you need to either A, help more people or B, help people with more valuable things. Like that, that's it. It's literally those two things. So we, we, it's really kind of simplifying and staying focused on that. And sometimes it means I'm loading up and sending more emails on the fly each and every day in this business. Or maybe it means we, we kind of made a mistake over here, but now we know for for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is our process for content. This is our process for researching the right products, et cetera, et cetera. And now next time we get to condense that curve. So my wife and I business, the first one that we started in 09, it took something to the tune of like five years to get to 10 grand 
month, our first time. And I had already made money online. I knew how the game worked and it still took us about five years to get there. The Miles Beckler brand got there in little less than a year. I would say somewhere around nine, 10 months, I cracked that 10 grand a month mark, compressing the timeframes, right? Because I have the experience. And and this one, I don't think the potential's as large, but we're-, we're it's, a, it's a more scalable thing. So you're trying to repeat this process and have, yeah. you know, 10 or 20 of these these kind of sites. I, I hundred percent, an entire division. That, that's what we're doing is, is reinvest in, in that, in the cash flow over there into more assets. They're, they're sellable. I ran the numbers. I've did real estate investing. My wife and I met in real estate school. So the numbers, by the numbers, and that's my big experiment personally, is like, okay, so let's say I put 30, I thought 50 grand, but I doubt I'll even hit 50 grand in a year. Probably end up spending about $35,000 in the first year to build this site. So if I put $35,000 into a down payment of a rental property, that would get me, man, math on the fly. Uh, that's not a good idea, but I think 20%, 37, 250, $250,000 place, maybe give or take. And the cash flow, rental cash flow. Now remember, I've got termites, I've got toilets, I've got tenants, I've got roof, I got all kinds of stuff to do. Property managers take 10, 12% off the top. The cash flow would maybe be $250, $300 a month. Maybe. And I'd be on the hook for all of these major a fence blows down in a storm. Like I gotta go drop six grand on a fence. This website is already generating more cash flow than a rental property of significantly greater value would be. And you know, I could probably get a 30x multiple if I have a very strong year graph of data on my income reports. So so like, I kind of think that this is actually a better world than real estate investing, which is that's kind of the greater of that's my seven figure CEO philosophy right now. So is this really the case of your and Melanie's businesses have been quite successful, it seems, and maybe it seems like you've, you've done some real estate in the past, you're, you're maybe looking for a way to invest your money, invest your, yep. your profits. And so you've chosen a world which you know really, really well, and therefore have a competitive advantage over everyone else who has money and wants to, to get an investment because you know what's going to work, what's not going to work much more than, you know, some dude on Wall Street's going to do. 100%. Know. And I've got expectations in the right place, right? So a lot of people listening, you know, there's, there's for some reason, somehow, some way, and I think it comes from the webinar culture, and I think it comes from people, the fake gurus trying to sell stuff that doesn't actually work. They have to make it sound easy. And somehow people think that this world and this game we play in is easy. And it is not. If it were easy, and if you could just throw money at it, and it would work, then every hedge fund would have a portfolio. There's people with billions of dollars laying around. B, billions, that's thousands of millions, right? They would just literally be funneling money at these, they would be buying up these assets. But even buying a website, you have to be in there working on it. There is no such thing as passive income in this world. It's all active. It requires ongoing work. Your theme's going to go out of date. Your plugin's going to stop working. This needs to get updated. You update that. It conflicts with this. Everything goes, like, it's just, that's how the game works. And since I've kind of been, I've got all that experience of, you know, at this point, uh, 17 years experience making money online, it is that invest in what you know type idea. And I've got an Airbnb property. I've got a cash flow property as well, right? So I'm playing a lot of many of the different games. And, and this is one of the beautiful sides of this kind of business is there's no ceiling. It's not like I'm a, a stock broker and I can make $450,000 a year or 500 grand a year. Like not at all. I can make 50 million a year with the games that you and I, we and, and listeners in the digital world are playing in. But then you have this new challenge, like, okay, all this cash flow is coming in. Where do I put it? What do I do with this cash flow? How do I intelligently reinvest in it? And as of right now, the stock market's down in the US 25, 30%. Pretty glad I didn't stuff it all in my 401k last year and take a gigantic haircut in that, right? Put 100 grand in, you got 70 out on the other side. Like, that's not cool. Instead, I 
went in on this, and, and right now it, it seems like a, a wise decision. What's the play here? What's the longer term play here? Is this, are you going to sell these someday or are you just growing a portfolio company yeah. here? I'm a cash flow, I'm a cash flow guy. So um, my wife and my business, so I, I think of it like a table, right? And if you got a table that has one leg, that's a wobbly table. So if you got one brand that's, well, A, if you have a website that has one source of cash flow, it's a wobbly table. You get two sources of cash flow, it's a little more stable. Three sources of cash flow, it can stand on its own. So if you've got like digital affiliate products, you've got Amazon review products, and you've got really good like Mediavine or media where you're getting ad, you got all three different levels, you're, that's a stable table in that sense. And then you can kind of go macro. You can go the next level, right? We can go meta on that. And it's like, okay, within our business, our digital marketing business, we had one brand that had several cash flow. Then we got the Miles Beckler brand. Now we have two. They're different niches. So if things change and work differently, and now this is kind of leg number three is a totally different style of site. And I'm looking to build through these affiliate sites the same cash flow needed for my life that I'm already getting in two other places, but I want three separate kind of entities or three separate brands, if you will, or, or divisions bringing in the cash flow I need for my life. Two is one, one is none. Well, then three would be better than two, right? So it's, it's kind of playing that game. And, and at this point, it's, it's a wealth creation. And I, I just, I'm a cash flow. I don't care about asset values. I don't care what happens to my house values. And here's why is in the global financial crisis, which hit, right, a lot of property values plummeted. I was, I was in the game when that happened. You know what didn't happen? zero landlords went to their tenants and knocked on the doors and said, by the way, you know, the house you're living in renting from me, the value dropped significantly. So I'm going to lower your rent. That didn't happen. So people who bought real estate and played the real estate game based on cash flow numbers only, they survived it. They did quite well. They were able to be patient. Property values came back. Their cash flow was still good. They got to raise rents again. People who were buying based on net asset value and they were playing this, this like my net worth is this game, that game has a lot more ups and downs. And that's that's what I'm kind of working to eliminate. Kind of like uh, the saying, it's only a loss if, if you sell. 100%. Right. And if I just keep building these one after another, so the first one's going to fund the second one, and then those two will fund the third, and then those three will fund the fourth, and and so on and so forth. And it's just going to become a just a very lucrative, yeah, it's just more cash flow. Like, it's that's how the game works once you get to a certain point. I mean, you're, it's the game you guys are playing, right? I mean, like, Donald's guy Mark's pretty smart. Like, look what these guys are doing. I should do a little more of that. One thing I want to uh, comment on here is is this approach of of building multiple sites and multiple brands, kind of diversification essentially. Yep. I saw a story, uh, a guy in the Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group recently, or it might have been the task one, I can't remember. He was saying that he started, it was like four or five or six websites simultaneously and Ouch. tried to do all of this at the same time. I can see the look on your face there, so yeah. I, I presume you agree with me when we said that's quite a bad idea, yeah. uh, especially without these kind of systems. And you know, you're a very experienced online marketer. You've been doing this for a long, long time now. Yeah. And even someone like you, I don't think would have tried to do tried to start all of these sites simultaneously. It's like you, you kind of have have that one Pathfinder site, figure it yeah. out, and then rinse and repeat based on the processes you've you've learned. 
Um, and and my of, actions speak a lot louder than the words, but I started one, right? Like I could have bought five websites from that web, from that site that was selling me sites. So again, my wife and I started our business in 2009. And from 2009 to 2016, we were 100% all in, didn't come up for air. We met you in that process. And like, I was, I was completely unknown. I had forged myself into one of the better marketers, you know, one of the top 1% of marketers in the game through doing the work. And I was completely unknown. Then after seven years of building it, building systems, Systems, learning what worked, what didn't work. Then I started the second brand and I worked on that brand for three and a half years before starting this brand. So I'm-, I'm I, I actually think that the reason you were so successful in, in the early days when you did your uh, four month YouTube challenge, posting a, a video every single day for four months uh, is because you were just like 100% focused on that. And it, yep. any new business needs that just like huge, 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 singular focused push to get off the ground. And if you're trying to do run multiple businesses, start multiple businesses at the same time, it's very hard to have that amount of focus. It is because you're switch and people are like, well, if I do two, it'll just be twice as hard, right? And it's like, no, it's like four or five, six times as hard. I've used the analogy in a, a video before. It's like a rocket trying to leave the atmosphere. And the amount of thrust and the amount of force required to, to start to get it to three miles per hour up, right? Rockets pointing up, boosters go off. And we're talking like hundreds of thousands of horsepower to get it to go one mile an hour two mile an hour. But then by the time it's out of the gravitational pull, it's just, it's gone. It'll go literally forever. And most people don't realize that and their rockets are coming back down to earth and they're crashing because they get distracted. They jump over this. They're, oh, e-commerce is, oh, FBA is hot right now. Oh, this is that. Do, 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 do. I need to do this. I need funnels, blah, blah, blah. And it's that lack of focus is the key. I mean, focus is everything, right? Um, the other analogy is a magnifying glass, right? You're a kid, you got a magnifying glass, the sun's above you, you hold the magnifying glass. And if you hold it in one point long enough, it's going to create combustion. You will burn things, right? But if you keep moving it around, and you're over here, you're over there, you're over here, you're over there, you're over here, you never actually get to the point of combustion. And nature and our world and our universe is trying to show us that that, that focused energy, that intense focused energy was it. I thought about creating content as Miles Beckler for several years, and I really consciously held off until the point when I knew for a fact I could go all in beast mode. And then when I did, I was all in beast mode, and it took every ounce of energy Energy I had in this game, it, it tests us on levels that were not tested in day jobs. We're not most people, high school, college, uni, whatever we call it, like it ain't difficult, right? Yeah, some difficult classes, like, okay, statistics, whatever, that, that ain't tough. Working a desk job, punching a clock, answering phone calls, doing customer support. I did customer support for years, selling cars, like that ain't difficult. You get into being an entrepreneur and all of a sudden you got to play all the games, bookkeeper, tax person, entity structuring, not to mention how to market it. And there's what I think a lot of people don't realize is there's actually three learning curves. So let's say you're going to do content driven website and Google is your goal. That's what I'm doing with this, this test site. And that's where most of our traffic across the board comes from. So I need to learn. There's three learning curves I'm going through on that. It's not one. It's like you're trying to learn how to surf. You're trying to learn how to skateboard and you're trying to learn chess all at the same time. And if you really try to learn all three of those things at the same time, you're not going to learn any of them. But if you go live next to a snowboard mountain and you get a season pass and you go every single day snowboarding, you're going to get pretty good at snowboarding more quickly, right? So if you go through one learning curve at a time, then the next, then the next, you'll actually build the, the muscle memory more quickly. Uh, so the first learning curve is, you know, the platform. 
So if you're publishing to Google, you got to understand what keywords are. You got to understand how to use H2s and H3s and what title tags are and how to make a title tag that gets clicked and, you know, op optimization without over-optimization, all those bits and pieces. That's the technical aspect. So that's learning curve number one. How do I use WordPress? How do you create a post, et cetera? How do I upload an image? Uh, number two is the actual subject matter. Like whatever it is, you're, you're, if it's kitchen knives, well, guess what? You're about to be doing a lot of research on kitchen knives. You're about to get really in the weeds with kitchen knives. And that's a whole learning curve. You're gonna have to learn more about kitchen knives than you've ever learned before. And then number three is how do you communicate effectively from person to person? Because the other person who just searched for best kitchen knife for slicing tomatoes, they, they're only going to read something that, that connects with them. If your headline or your title and your lead and your hook don't connect with them, they're like, oh, this sucks, back. And they go find somebody who doesn't suck, right? So all three of those learning curves are kind of packaged up in what we look at as building an authority site. And again, I'm my mind's blown that it somehow has taken on this thought in mass consciousness that this is easy because it's not, but it's, wor it's a worthy challenge. Can you talk about the reactions that you received to the, the case study that you did? Because I, I know you had some really good reaction, really positive, but also some kind of negative and a little bit strange reactions that, that maybe you weren't expecting. Yeah, so I decided, you know, I'm a YouTuber and it's like, oh, how can I get internet points from everything that I do is uh, like, uh, unfortunately, that is a part of my thought process a little bit. I try to avoid vanity metrics. I try to stay focused on the bottom line. So I was like, okay, if I'm doing this this website, I might as well document the process because I want I do want to do it to really show and teach my my audience members. So I kind of threw the hat over the fence in a, in a public month zero video where I started and I've been following the path month zero, month one, and then month two, and then month three, and so on and so forth. Um, so a few things very surprising to me happened. Uh, number one is a lot of people put on the brakes and a lot of my audience was like, okay, cool. I'm going to sit here for a year while Miles does this challenge. I'm going to do nothing. And if it works for him, then I'll take the leap. And I just seeing those types of contents, it, comments, it wasn't that clear. I'm obviously summarizing, but, but that is a very common comment is like, okay, good. Finally, I'm going to get to see if this is real. And I'm like, yeah, I'm making seven figures a year with these two other businesses. This is an absolute repeatable, duplicatable process. Like I thought more people would jump in and I thought it would motivate more people, but it seems like a lot of people have completely paused. Um, then there's a segment of people who are like, oh, month four, you're only getting that much traffic. You're only making that much money. Like, oh, I knew this stuff didn't work. Like you clearly don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've got a video that teaches the, the, law of compounding and a penny that doubles every day doesn't look like much until day 27 when it goes from 500,000 to a million to two to four million um, because that's what compounding does. So there's there's that that mismatch in perspective is something I've seen is is abundantly clear. People think that the the success is going to happen more quickly, that all the numbers are going to start to work and, and that just isn't true. Um, and then we started getting interesting data points from people. Um, I think mimicking would be the nice way of saying it, but uh, I, I put my, I, I painted a target on my chest is what I did. And and it got some people trying to like thinking that, oh, if I can go find Miles' site and maybe like uh, copy it and, and spin text it or whatever they're doing. Um, and I saw actually branded search terms popping up in, in Search Console. And it's like, why are people, like this brand was not searched before. Like no one should be searching for my branded search. So, so pe somehow people somewhere, it, it started getting talked about. And at that point I realized that, um, you know, I'm, 
$25,000 plus into this test. Uh, this is an asset that I'm building. I'm fully committed at this point. And a couple of really, really uh, unscrupulous and non-intelligent people could could potentially destroy this thing. Uh, so then I, I just cut it out. I'm just, I, I removed it. So at this point, the, the month one through month eight of the case study are live on my channel. Uh, I, I've been thinking and wondering, do I just remove those videos from my channel? Uh, I don't remove videos from my channel very often, but it's, it's something about like, just that thought of, man, maybe there's a shortcut. Maybe if I copy them, it'll be a shortcut. Maybe if I do the same niche as them, it'll be the shortcut. And my whole goal with this is to show like from the spirituality space, um, we did, we've done extremely well. And then I step into the digital marketing world. Like I'm going up against the best digital marketers in the world, like the best YouTube marketers in the world. And like, like that is so competitive and I've done really well there. And then to go into this one and it's working again, I just thought it would be inspiring for people to just trudge off and if you like chess, go for it. Go. If you like drones, go for it. If you're interested in in sim racing and 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 like virtual rate, like go for it. So why do you think people copy or rip off other people's sites like that? Do you think it's a lack of confidence, um, maybe some issue with their own ability, or or something else? Yeah. That, I think that's a hundred percent it. And it's the problem is a flawed mindset. And, and as you said, like we're constant problem solvers, we deal with extreme challenges. There's challenges on hiring teammates and how do I learn these learning curves and stuff. And they're just not ready for the challenge. They're not mentally ready. They're not mentally there to take it on. So part of them's living vicariously. Another part of them thinks, and there's all these, there's forums and stuff on on the dark side of digital marketing, and they all kind of teach each other how to copy each other and or how to copy other people and just rip people off is kind of a thing. And and I'm absolutely talking about the 0.1%, but now that I have 125,000 subscribers, right? I'm still kind of operating. Like I got 10, 15,000 subscribers. You and I are buddies. We met at a conference, right? Like I don't think about things and I haven't been thinking about things in terms of like, oh yeah, I get like, I've had like 6 million views on my videos. Like out of that, the 0.01% of unscrupulous people, that's kind of a big number at this point in time, right? And, and that's kind of one of my aha moments is even though I don't feel like I've changed much, I'm just like trying to be that most helpful marketer in the world. I'm going to show you everything. Now that's at a point, um, my videos have been completely ripped off word for word. My thumbnails have been completely ripped off by design and everything. My titles and descriptions have been 100% copied. My wife's website has been copied several times. Um, different companies are literally rewriting everything that she's ever done. Uh, but the cool thing on the personal brand is they can't be me. You're never make a video and be like this guy and you're probably not going to outlast me most of the people who copy me they'll go for a few eight seven videos they're gone they're done right um because it's not honest it's not authentic it's not their reality my wife we make audio meditations no one's got her voice. She's set the bar they listen to other audio meditations from people who try to copy her business model and they're like wow you know what that doesn't sound like Melanie. And it's like, yeah, that's right. Everything gets compared back to her because she is the boss. And why is she the boss? Because she's been, you know, nonstop brute force, a thousand blog posts, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of social media posts. And she reaches hundreds of millions of people every month through social and search. Um, and that that's, that's irreplicatable. And that's something you can't actually do in one, two, three, four, five years. Right. Right. A thousand epic blog posts are on that website. Um, so it's, it's like, it can be copied, but, but you can't be her and you can't be me. And in this world where I'm not the face of it, there actually is a little window where they could kind of copy all of my recommendations. They could, there is, there is an aspect of it that made me think like, ah, uh, if I keep going and if I get too much attention to this, uh, this whole thing could just come crashing down in my face. Um, and 
I'm learning about humans and people and, and the interwebs and YouTube and, and trolls. And, and there's, I got to state. So has this gotten you sort of reconsidering how much you're willing to share yeah. publicly or, or on Period. YouTube? Like it has, it, it's got me reconsidering everything. Like I've been thinking a lot of like, why am I doing this? Like I've said, I think the, the most helpful marketer in the world is a flawed concept because it just sets me up to get ripped off repeatedly and ripped off nonstop. And I think I made my point with the Miles Becker brand, right? You could just start in any, even the most competitive niches and through brute force work, keyword research and delivering excellent content that truly helps the users. Cause that's all I did, right? I found all the how to searches out there in the world of digital marketing. And I made actual videos that actually teach. I didn't promote webinars. I didn't think about me. I didn't try to monetize my channel for, I didn't even create a, like a membership or anything that they could buy for three years. Right. I had affiliate stuff in there. Um, authority hacker and authorities, you know, right. Like we've done some business together, obviously full disclosure, uh, but I had bought it too. Like I actually had it right. I was actually a member of it. So it it's kind of like, I kind of feel like I proved the point. And now I'm very, 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 I, I'm very introspective right now. I'm at this new point of like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Where is this going? Cause it takes a lot of time and energy. And I feel like I'm in some senses, uh, potentially seeding the next round of unscrupulous marketers with my best content for free. And I think at this point I have a newfound appreciation for paid courses. And I have a new understanding of why um, your course is too grand. Like those blueprints, right? Like that stuff in there is like, man, that stuff could just get, it could just get copied. And it probably does, uh, which I just don't know about. And you probably do, um, but it could get copied, ripped off. And like the, the amount of time and energy you guys have put into that is, it, it, it gives them like, ugh, like, I don't want to do that. Right. Like it, it is a huge business. They like the amount of content and time and the videos and the prep and the slides and, and the layout and the design, like, oh my gosh, like it, it, people don't really understand what's going on. It's that, that one bad apple, um, theory. So there is a way, a, a way and a place that I'm going to keep going. And I realize in kind of dovetailing something we talked about is it's mindset, man. It, it really is. There's a lot about mindset and I meditate a lot. I, I do self-hypnosis a lot. Uh, I hike in nature a lot. I'm, I am very conscious conscious of the conversation that's going on in my head. I try to direct that focus. And I think that that taking control of that, spending years working on the mindset has actually put, built me into the type of person who is a seven figure business owner, right? Like, like you have to become the type of person that's deserving of a million dollars a year in order to build a business that makes a million dollars a year. How do you make a million dollars a year? Well, you got to offer tens of millions of dollars of value to millions of people like, or to hundreds of thousands of people or thousands, right, right. There's, there's those two factors we talked about is ultimately what it comes down to. And that mindset of I'm going to go give value regardless of what comes by. I'm just going to give, we are going to make the absolute best posts on kitchen knives that anyone has ever seen. We're going to lay them out beautifully. We're going to do heat maps that we are going to make sure that this is truly the most helpful because you know what? There's a mom somewhere who she ain't got time. She knows like the tomatoes are just getting smashed and she's frustrated and she doesn't have time to do all the research. So she's going to trust my team and we've invested 300, 400, $250 on that post. And she finds that post and she reads it. She's like, they clearly did the research. They clearly get it. I'm going to take those ones. That's perfect. That fits my needs, my budget, my, et cetera. I'm going to click, I'm going to buy. And that's how we're earning income because we're the most helpful people in that space too. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of introspection. I've, I've kind of redouble down on my wife's brand and business. I've got some, our Facebook ads are doing better than absolute and ever before. I got this new Facebook ad system that is just gangster and I'm not teaching it because people will F it up for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I get 
this mine fully mined. I put up a video for three days teaching the basics of it. And I took that video down right afterwards because I was like, oh, that's a little too far. People, uh, I can't trust. Um, I've created an industry of people around my wife's brand that just wasn't there when we started. And they're like, oh, there's money in this space. I'm going to go copy what they do. And, I'm like, and then I'm like, here's how we're marketing it. It's like, wait a minute. That might not be the best decision. So there's Miles Beckler, the the most helpful marketer in the world, the person, the human, that's who's, and then there's Miles Beckler, the CEO of our corporation. And the CEO of our corporation, I'm really, there's a divide and the CEO thinks differently than the guy who has a big heart and really wants everyone listening to this to succeed. And in there, there's a balance and um, eventually I'll find it, I guess. I think I think that's exactly right. You know, there's there's a balance here. Uh, I think it's very easy to go too far the the other way when uh, you're maybe not in your case because you know you're you're in the digital marketing space. But for people who let's say just have portfolio sites, I've seen them. You know, very reclusive, no idea what niche they're in, no idea who they are, what they do. They show up at conferences, they listen, they don't talk much. These 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 kinds of uh, this kind of approach. And I understand, you know, sometimes in certain niches, especially, uh, you do not want to be uh, telling people what your sites are, what you're doing, what, what offers you're promoting, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's top, top secret. What I will say, though, and this, this comes from, um, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the type of personality I have, but in certain closed situations, so when I'm speaking with someone one-on-one -on -one or, you know, at the bar at a conference when it's just like a more intimate uh, situation or especially at a mastermind when, you know, five or six uh, business owners get together and the idea there is to, to share information. Those are like probably the few spaces or the few times when, yeah. when I really do open up about some of the, you know, secret, secret sauce that, that nobody or hardly anybody knows um, we're doing. And I feel like in certain circumstances with the right people, and that's, that's really important, the right people, if you are willing to share those kind of ideas and, and concepts, then uh, first of all, it helps them out a lot in, in many cases, but they will be willing to do the same with you. And you get like their best stuff, the best tips that nobody will have heard of uh, or will yeah. hear of for, 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 for many years. I 100% agree because what happens is if you think about like the dissemination of information, like how information spreads is someone figures out something. It's like, oh my gosh, this is crushing it. And then they tell a couple of friends, they get a little small group. They're all rocking it, rocking it. And then loose lips sink ships and it gets down another level. And at some point somebody sells the method. And at that point it gets blown up and marketers ruin everything. Right. <laughs> and I think, I think you're, you're totally right. I, I've run a, a mastermind a couple of times in some really nice places. And that's a part of it is because, uh, um, if you're not giving yourself the opportunity to learn through with from others by sharing, you're, you're missing out on a giant opportunity, which is why on the last call, I was like, dude, when are you guys doing your event, um, the authority hacker event, because I think that would be really cool. And then to have like a VIP level of that closed door, um, because I have learned a lot. So when we met, uh, we were in a closed door little um, breakout session. I think there was like 12 or 13 of us and, and dude, Nobody, nobody held back in that room. And I picked up some, inf some ideas and things that we were able to test it and boom, and it really actually helped. And that's where I think for, for listeners getting to conferences and right now is like the worst time to talk about conferences because of what's going on, but like getting to conferences, um, can be great or hosting your own virtual mastermind, finding people that you can see, even if it's in the group who are, you could tell they're on it. They're doing the work. They're grinding it out and you're grinding it out. Like, man, reach out, start a four, eight, 
four to six person Skype group call or a meet, uh, a Zoom call, right? And just once a week, get together. What are you working on? What are you doing? Oh man, I figured this out. Like, so this post actually clicked last week and I was doing this. And then all of a sudden I did that. And this post really clicked. Da -da -da. Cool. And you just create a safe space to bounce ideas off of different people. Cause we get stuck in our ruts. We get stuck in our, our consistent thought processes. Uh, if you really want to go deep, the way the brain works, the, the neural web, right? Like we build our neural webs and that's just the way things fire. And then when people introduce new ideas, it can actually help us kind of like rewire our brain and think differently. And, and that's, Part of why I like to preach about the whole, like give value first and be of service to others, um, because that is a, a different way of thinking versus how can I get money from the internet? That's where a lot of people are. I need to get money, I need to get money fast, and it's gonna be fast and easy because that webinar told me it was. And I'm like, dude, if you just give of yourself for a few years, you'll be amazed at what you create. You, you may literally not ever have to think about money again beyond what do I do with all of it that's coming in, right? And and that's it, and it literally is a, a mental shift. And I picked that up by being around really smart people who were way more successful with me at a young age. It's, it's really interesting. Sometimes, I mean, having a business partner, I, I feel that, that I'll get really like zoomed in and stuck on one specific problem, get stuck in my ways doing a particular way. And then I'll just be having a chat with Gail and it, it, just this external perception of uh, like that he can bring to it it's like oh well why are you doing it like that why don't you do it like that uh, and it's just like a switch goes off and it's like oh of course of course i think like humans are are social creatures um and if you're especially if you're working alone uh, at home online in a, a secretive environment and you don't want to tell people anything uh you can you can often miss out on uh on, on that kind of someone pulling you out of, of a kind of vicious circle of, uh, of, of something you're into when, when, when that's not, perhaps not the best, best approach. Yeah. yeah. A little perspective goes a long way. And sometimes what we even say is like, why are we even doing this at all? Like not even how do we solve this problem, but like, who cares? Like, can we just not even do anything with that? And will everything be okay? Well, I guess so. I thought it was important. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's just ignore that for a month or two and let's see if everything, oh, surprise, surprise, everything keeps working. And we get back to focusing on those two or three things that actually matters. Cause it like, success is actually really, really simple. And we're just, as humans, we're so good at making simple things complex. And that's what we do. And we gotta know it all, learn it all. And I gotta learn everything before I start. No, you don't, you just gotta jump in, like commit, start a blog, start being helpful, go go share something you love, you're interested in, have affinity for. And the path does truly continue to uh, appear and, and having some guidance and having some blueprints to follow helps, uh, but it's not necessary. And that's what my wife and I, we didn't, I couldn't afford it. I didn't have it. You guys weren't actually creating it back then. Uh, and we just figured it all out through reading forums and, and YouTube videos. And that's, I've built a library on YouTube that that's really there to serve that audience. Cause I do have a large part of my audience who they don't have any money and they're building it on nights and weekends and they can't afford a course and they're building things. And I've got a guy in the moving space who's the, he's making, he's the, the foremost, how to start a moving company YouTube channel and it all came out of my free videos and I feel great about that and um, yeah you, you do a lot of good in the world and, and the the abundance does show up I don't exactly know how it works but it, it does work what's uh what is the year ahead hold for for you in terms of your your portfolio approach yeah, so we crossed the one year mark. I'm just looking at my calendar here. We're gonna cross one year mark in I think three months. Uh, so at that point, it's gonna be kind of like a decompress and what's going on here. There's always, um, so I grew up in California. Okay, California had the gold rush in 1849. And there's this old adage that is, um, 
You don't go looking for your next mine until you have pulled all of the gold out of your current claim. It's claim, not mine. You don't go looking for a new claim until you've pulled all the gold out of your claim. So I'm going to need to reassess of have I pulled all of the gold out of this claim? Because I think that splitting focus at year one could actually hurt a continued growth curve on our site. Like this site could grow to five, seven, ten thousand $10,000 per month. Ain't no rental properties that I could afford going to bring in that kind of cash flow consistently with minimal active uh, work. So, so that, that's one thing. Um, like I said, the Facebook ad stuff with my wife's business, we are just, we're just on it fully. My goal is to get to a thousand dollars a day, profitable ad spend on Facebook. We're just over, we're about the $600 uh, a day mark, which is brilliant. We're bringing in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new customers. Uh, like it, it's, I've, I've never seen numbers like that. So that's going. And then on the Miles Beckler, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where am I going to go? I'm thinking uh, a lot of people are staying home. Traffic and conversion conference was just canceled. South by Southwest was just canceled. So I'm kind of like thinking about maybe doing like a six week thing. I don't exactly know what that is. Um, I'm, I'm still, and this, hopefully this is inspiring for people if they don't feel like they know what they're calling is or what they're doing is I'm still trying to figure it out for my damn self. I've been making money online since 2003. And it's like, what is my bit? Like, what, what is my thing? What, what is my, like, what do I help people with? I'm still going through those kinds of thoughts and I'm going to keep chiseling away with it. Um, and on one of my properties up North, I got, um, a few properties and one of them's got like 20 acres on a lake. I'm, I'm going to install a big ass garden. I got a permaculture consult and I've wanted fruit trees and berry bushes. And I, I just want to spend time with hands in the dirt in the summer up there. And, um, so that, that's, that's going to happen this summer as well. So I'm going to be spending a little bit more time outdoors in the sun and, and growing tomatoes so I can cut them with my tomato knife. <laughs> I take it. You're saying that just cause you're speaking to me. You don't normally, you say tomato, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, I attempt, uh, you know, so we lived for four years, my wife and I traveling the world, uh, spent a lot of time in Australia and New Zealand. Um, Brits are freaking everywhere. Aussies are freaking <laughs> everywhere. So I've picked up little bits from, and I, I like to try to, um, connect on a deeper level, uh, with people. It's, um, maybe it's a form of empathy. I'm not sure, but I, I drop rubbish bin every once in a while. And people are like rubbish bin. I'm like, it's a good word. It sounds better than garbage. And on that bombshell, uh, I think we can we can wrap it up there for today. Uh, Miles awesome. Beckler, thank you so much for for coming on. For is it the third time or the fourth time? You've, yep, you've, you've third been time. On? I think you are our most prolific guest. So congratulations oh, cheers, uh, on on that. Uh, MilesBeckler.com, obviously your website. Miles Beckler on YouTube. Go go search for and subscribe to his channel. Any other socials or anything you want to plug? I, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Facebook. I just, I'm the only Miles Becker in the world. So if you want to find me uh, on the app you use most, just search. I, I do try to connect and comment as, as much as I can, but really just um, take action. Like those, those who are just grinding it out, publishing great, helpful stuff, they're winning. Uh, those who are making the most noise often aren't winning. They're just making noise and you got to block out that noise and, and do what actually works. And um, it's a grind, but it's worth it, man. And you, you know it and I know it. And I just hope the, the listener makes it there because um it's worth it in the end for sure miles thank you and until next time um uh, thanks very much for coming on the show uh to the listeners out there who are listening to us on audio don't forget to check out the youtube uh version of this on the authority hacker youtube channel we have new podcasts coming out every single monday so be sure to subscribe check out the youtube premiere where Gail and I will be in the chat uh, talking to you guys uh, as this goes out live. 
Uh, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all these fun places. We'll put links to all that in the, the show notes for this as well. Um, but until next week, we uh, that was a terrible outro. Uh, <laughs> but until next week, where did that even go from? <laughs> I'm definitely cutting this bit out. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is awful. I love this it. is awful. I think you should leave it for the listeners and just realize, man, I got so many start and stops. This is this is the game in action. We edit it, we make it look pretty, but um it's a little messy in the process. Miles Beckler, the one take guy. Cheers, man. We'll cut it there. <laughs>